This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to your latest podcast on the Blood Red channel. Now hopefully you've you've caught up with all our coverage from a historic weekend for Liverpool in Madrid and no doubt we'll be reliving it all at our Blood Red live event at the Baltic Market on Wednesday night. Uh, and the special guest of that event just happens to be on the phone with me now, it's our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce. How was your weekend mate? <laughs> Liverpool probably should have killed it off before uh, Origi slammed down that second one. 
we will come to Mr. Origi in a moment, but the, the, the nature of the job, you, you're back, you know, what was it, Tuesday this week, back in work, and then big breaking news, Daniel Sturridge and uh, Alberto Moreno will be leaving the club once their contracts expire at the end of the month. I imagine you weren't too surprised, but what was your kind of reaction to it? Yeah, I think I think it's kind of long, long since been expected that both of those players would move on. Of course, they're both out of contracts, and I think, it, you know, it was it was just... You know, I think probably going back to Christmas time, it was it was apparent then that um, that neither of them would be would be signing extensions. I think just what you know, you get different parting of the ways, don't you, in in football? And you know, sometimes it's players agitating for it. Sometimes it's you know, sometimes it's clubs just looking to shove someone on. But I think you know, I think this, this, for both of those players, it just made sense for all parties that you know, certainly for for Sturridge for. For someone on the lucrative contract that he was on, you know, kind of hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty thousand pound a week, that's that's a huge amount of money for a bit part player. Um, and you know, at his age, you know, twenty nine, I don't think it was realistic to think Liverpool were going to be shelling out that kind of money for another couple of years for him. And and to him, he, you know, he will want to go and play and and make the most of the football he's got left. And you know, the same with Moreno. Um, a player that's he's you know he did did pretty well when he first came to the club, but um, you know he's 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 only been back up for the last few years. And when you look at you know Andy Robertson's unbelievable progress, you know Liverpool have got the best left back in Europe, and uh, I think uh, you know Moreno he'll go with everyone's well wishes. But um, but yeah, I, I think uh, you know you know you only have to read Klopp's tributes yesterday yeah. to you know to appreciate that um they were both valued members of the squad who really bought into the team ethic and the spirit and the unity that Klopp prides himself on um but yeah the, the, i think the time the time is right for both of those players to move on You've done a cracking piece about Daniel Sturridge on the, the Echo website this morning, Wednesday, and I was quite uh, taken by the reaction on social media last night after it was announced he would be going. You, you kind of forget just how electrifying he was in those kind of first 18 months of the club. You do. You, I mean, I, I was looking at, the, looking at the stats yesterday and uh, it's crazy to think that at the end of what was his first full season at, at Liverpool, so he'd been at the club what, around 18 months, he had 35 goals in 49 wow. games, which is you know, an extraordinary strike rate. Um, and yeah, I think it was it was interesting actually because I think clearly on the back of the of winning the Champions League, you know, I think there isn't going to be any negativity knocking around. And you know, it was nice to see all the all the positivity and um, plaudits going Sturridge's way. But I think I think when you do take a step back and look at his six and a half years at the club, it is. It is a crying shame that he wasn't able to to maximise his potential, because you know, certainly you, you go back to that summer of 2014, and when Luis Suarez left for Barcelona, you you just felt that the, the stage was set for, for Sturridge to become the main man, and 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 to to really join, you know, the, the kind of the the, the 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 striking legends of the club to be classed alongside the likes of Rush and and, and Fowler and. And, and Torres and Roger Hunt and people like that because you know his numbers were that good and mm-hmm. he had so much football ahead of him that you just thought you know this this is going to keep on going and going and um, you know sadly it was uh, you know his, his body repeatedly let him down he had those thigh injuries so the, the surgery on his hip um, 
Yeah, and I, I couldn't believe the stat that I think I think Liverpool's first 100 games after Suarez left, Sturridge was only fit enough to start 18 of them. And um, and certainly, you know, you think about the, the latter stages of Rodgers' reign, I think there was there was a fair amount of friction there between manager and player because you know, he was he was so important to Liverpool. And, and obviously, when things are going badly, you know, the, I think the manager certainly felt that there were times when he didn't push himself as hard as he could have done and. Um, you know, he's always kind of had to battle off that thing of being, you know, was he, was he, you know, mentally was he not tough enough? And you know, and he did. You know, to be fair, he did miss a lot of training sessions. Um, you know, he's a very different type of, of kind of personality to someone like Suarez, who would, you know, would would, would almost look at it as a personal affront if the medical staff told him that he he had to kind of sit <laughs> out anything, you know, because he he was just a machine. Um, and, and that kind of rumbled on into the Klopp era, if you think back to when, you know, certainly not long after Klopp first took over, um, I remember Klopp saying then that you know he needs to know the difference between pain and real pain and kind of ordering him to, to take on a mini pre-season to, to, to get up to speed and to be able to handle the intensity of Klopp's training sessions because you know he, he kept on coming back and then breaking down again and getting little issues and niggling injuries. Um, but when he did play, you know, you kind of, I think it opened Klopp's eyes to, you know, why why there was, when he came in, why there was such a buzz around Sturridge, because you know, he's one of the most naturally gifted players of his generation, you know, he's an unbelievable finisher, you think, think back to the goal he scored in the, the 2016 Europa League final, um, you know, there's not many players in world football who are capable of something like that, um, but, you know, the, the sad thing was the injuries did take their toll, and and obviously, as Roberto Firmino became more and more important to this team, you kind of saw that Sturridge couldn't really do exactly what Klopp demanded from a from a centre forward. But I think, you know, what, what, what I what I think was, you know, what made me think yesterday was I really trust the Sturridge that he had this season. Yeah. Kind of, I think he kind of changed people's perceptions of him. I know from speaking to people at the club that, you know, it, the the. the the picture of Sturridge is like a, you know, a little bit of a, you know, like keeping himself to himself and maybe, maybe sulking at times, and um, that really changed over the last twelve months. I think, I think that lone spell at West Brom in the second half of last season kind of opened his eyes to what was what was effectively slipping away from him, mm-hmm. you know, life at Liverpool, and um, you know, it looked like he was going to go with a, a, a real whimper at the end of that period when. You know, he, Again, injuries could hardly played, couldn't save West Brom from relegation. But he, he worked so hard last summer. You know, I remember the opening couple of friendlies. I think there was one at Chester where you almost did a double take when Sturridge came out onto the pitch because it was like, wow, like, you know, I hadn't seen him in that kind of nick for so for so long. You know, he was he was leaner, stronger, quicker, looked hungrier. You know, really, you know, uh, you know, Klopp. Klopp, you know, he, he effectively forced Klopp's hand in terms of, you know, Klopp was like, well, well, it's not even a question, is it, whether he stays around for this season? Um, and you know, of course, he didn't didn't really build on, he didn't really get the chance to build on that that lightning start to the season. But he still he still made some big contributions when you think about, you know, the uh, the header against PSG yeah. uh, in the opening Champions League game. You think think about the. The last minute equaliser down at Chelsea, which now that felt like a, a, a massive goal in the context of the season, in terms of fueling that belief that Liverpool would just keep on going and going to the end, and they were never beaten um, till it was till it was over. And 
Um, you know, and of course, in recent, you know, probably the last five or six months, he was very much a kind of used as a an impact sub at times. Um, didn't play an awful lot of football, but you know, off the pitch, he was a he was a real kind of he became a role model really, especially for the younger players, and they looked up to him. And despite his lack of action, he, he kind of really helped them out with providing them support and advice. And um, so, yeah, I think it's you know, it's. Um, Pleased for him because it, I think it would have been it would have been a real travesty if his career at Liverpool had ended last summer with that horrendous loan spell at West Brom and just slipping quietly out the back door because he was better than that and um, you know it's the dream finale with him really uh, lifting that European Cup and now going on to pursue a new challenge. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo does leave a space up front and obviously a space at left back to, to compete or back up to more likely to Andy Robertson do you think there'll be positions Jurgen Klopp will be trying to bring in during the summer? Yeah I, well, I think I think left back covers absolutely nailed on I think he'll have to go and get someone um, to, to, to deputise there for Robertson um, yeah, I suppose I suppose if you were looking within the squad of course you've got young Adam Lewis coming up from the academy um, but you know, again, he's still unproven, really, at the at the absolute top level. And you know, I suppose you could even say James Milner. He wouldn't, he wouldn't probably wouldn't thank me for saying it, but he, <laughs> you know, he, he proved a few seasons ago that that he he can deputise there. But yeah, I'd expect Liverpool to go out and get a left back. Um, you know, like maybe maybe even just like a versatile defender who could play a left back as another option. Um, but yeah, the striking thing's interesting because uh, you know I think. You know, you, you kind of wondered wonder whether Origi would go as well, but I think I think it's increasingly likely now that Origi will sign a new deal and and stay put, and, you know, and he would then be the kind of the main the main backup to to Firmino. And then I, I suppose it, it kind of depends on how much faith Klopp is, is prepared to put in Rian Brewster for next yeah. season, because you know we've been saying for a long time how highly Klopp rates him and. Um, yeah, and they, you know, they, they made a real fuss of him when he was doing his rehab because they wanted to ensure that he signed that pro deal and committed his future to Liverpool. And um, you know, and Klopp certainly sees him as playing a part next season. It's just whether he thinks they've got enough, enough depth in that department with Sturridge going, um, and whether almost Brewster effectively is the Sturridge replacement, or whether he needs to go and get another another senior attacker. I, personally, I think he probably does need one other one other body there because I think I think that department in general has dwindled a bit when you think you know Solanke and Ings have yeah. never really been replaced either and you know, of course Liverpool have coped uh, amazingly well without them but yeah I think especially when you think ahead to next season and you know the added demands of you know the Super Cup and the Club World Cup and all the rest of it I think I think I think he still needs another attacker whether it will be a, an out and out centre forward or someone who can just play across the front line um it's not very clear at this stage. I know you mentioned on one of our uh, Blood Red pods from Madrid that uh, there will be players in line for the new contracts. You mentioned one there, Rigi, but do you think there'll be a, a handful signing new deals in the in the coming weeks? Yeah, I do, yeah. I think, um, yeah, certainly certainly Rigi, you know, he only got a year left on his deal. Um, but, you know, I think if there was any any debate there before the weekend, <laughs> I think that, that, that ended it. Um, yeah, I just, you know, the, the, the only kind of nagging doubt was whether whether he would be happy to stick around as effectively the knowing he would still be the backup rather than the main man but you just kind of think once you've been part of 
an achievement like that, you know, I, I, I would be absolutely amazed if he if he wanted to, to go anywhere else. Um, so, yeah, I know Liverpool are certainly keen to get him tied down to an extension. Same goes for James Milner. I think he'll probably sign a one-year extension. He's got a year left on his contract. Um, but, you know, at the age of 33, showing no sign of slowing down. And, you know, his leadership has been so key in a, in a young squad. And then Joel Matip, you know, a player who's also down to his, his last year. Um, and, you know, and what a sensational second half of the season he had from, you know, effectively being Liverpool's fourth-choice centre-back at 1.2, absolutely excelling in the Champions League final. So, um, Matic fully deserves you know, what you'd imagine would be a one- or a two-year extension on that as well. And before you know it, we'll see all these plays again, won't we? <laughs> you know, this morning, Liverpool have confirmed most of their pre-season plans are in place and it, it, it's not only the American tour, we're actually going to see them on, on these shores as well. Yeah, yeah, it looks like they're going to kick things off with, um, with two UK friendlies, uh, you know, one at Tranmere and then one at Bradford. Um, and then, uh, then of course, then you've got the, the USA tour with the, the games in, in Indiana and uh, Boston. And New York, and then yeah, Klopp's taking his team away to to Evian for a, a training camp in France. After that, and yeah, probably the most interesting one today was that um, you know they the the, the the plans in place to face Lyon in Geneva uh, right at the end of, of July. So you know Geneva's only just kind of round round the lake from Evian, so not too uh, not far too far to go. Um, and then obviously after that, you've got they'll be coming back to the UK to play the. Uh, the Community Shield and, and there's also talk of I think in between the America Tour and, and the training camp in France they, the, uh, they, you know, initially they were going to play uh, Napoli at Tottenham Stadium um, but you know they ditched those plans once it became clear that you know, Liverpool and Tottenham were playing each other in the Champions League final um, so then you know, Murrayfield up in uh, Edinburgh has been under consideration so uh, there's still a, you know, a few little things to be finalised um, and then after the Community Shield, they, they they're going to be playing a midweek friendly at Anfield um, ahead of the first Premier League game. Um, Anfield's not available until early August due to the the, um, you know, the there's obviously three pop concerts at the stadium this month, uh, and then July is effectively the month when they'll get to re redo the pitch. Um, so yeah, a few little details still to still to sort out, but yeah, it's you know, pretty much coming together and. Uh, yeah, yeah. Before we know it, it'll be, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be back into it again. And obviously, you know, with the major tournaments this summer, with the, with the Copa America and the African Cup of Nations, um, you know, those early weeks of pre-season, especially, are going to be huge for for young players like Rian Brewster and and Curtis Jones and, and and players like that. And even those coming back from their loan spells, you know, you think of uh, of Harry Wilson and, and Ryan Kent. You know, if, if if, you know, if, if offers aren't too good to turn down, don't come in for them. Before then, then you know you'd expect them to be out there. And you know, we know from previous pre-seasons that uh, you know that's that's a fantastic stage for the young players to to prove to the manager that they uh, they should be kept around for the, the campaign to follow. Sounds like you're going to need this break, mate. <laughs> no rest for the wicked when you get back. <laughs> so, uh, it's, just, it's just exciting, isn't it? Because you think. Um, yeah, it, has, it does have a very different feel to it than, than Istanbul 14 years ago because I think that you looked at that team 14 years ago and you you couldn't quite believe that they'd been crowned champions of Europe and 
you kind of knew that there was a lot of changes that need to be made to that team and there was players moving on and players that weren't really good enough but this time around it just it does absolutely wet your wet your appetite for for what's ahead because um you know it's 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 almost a complete team that's why you know, I don't think we'll see a huge outlay in the transfer market this summer because as Klopp said it's very difficult to improve on what he's got um and you know especially with the age of these players you uh you know and working with this manager you just think you know this is this is just the start of what we hope will be an absolutely golden era for the club and on that very upbeat note I'll let you go mate and we will see you this evening for Blood Red Live cheers you've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo